Hello and welcome to Dr. Jones's Veterinary Secrets Podcast. This is episode 120. In today's episode, we're covering pancreatitis in dogs and cats, the signs, diagnostic tests, underlying causes, treatment, and prevention. There's been a flea collar link to thousands of pet deaths. A do-it-yourself dog deodorizer. Dr. Jones's Veterinary Secrets is on all your favorite podcast apps, including Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher, and I'd love it if you'd subscribe to my podcast and leave a review. Questions or suggestions? Feel free to post a comment about this podcast episode on the blog at www.theinternetpetbed.com. Lastly, I encourage you to get a copy of my new free book, Natural Health for Dogs and Cats, in which I share the most important remedies to keep your pets healthy and naturally treat disease. You can get your copy by going to www.veterinarysecrets.com. Pancreatitis in dogs and cats. The pancreas is one of the key organs responsible for the digestion of food, as well as the production of insulin, which helps regulate blood sugar. It's found next to the small intestine and up beside the stomach. It's the digestive enzymes which cause the problems in pancreatitis. Pancreatitis is described as inflammation of the pancreas. The digestive enzymes, they ooze from the pancreas as opposed to being released into the intestinal tract. These enzymes digest and inflame the adjacent tissues, you know, such as the liver, intestine, stomach wall. They cause a variety of problems and a severe inflammatory response. In some cases of pancreatitis, diabetes can also result. Pancreatitis is one of the primary causes of a very serious condition called DIC, disseminated intravascular coagulopathy. This leads to abnormal bleeding and blood clotting at the same time and often results in death. Fortunately, most cases of pancreatitis are localized, affecting the pancreas and liver, and they do respond to treatment. What are the signs? Well, in dogs, the classic signs are loss of appetite, vomiting, diarrhea, painful abdomen, and fever. In cats, being lethargic and having a loss of appetite are the most common signs. Only a small percent of cats vomit with pancreatitis, while virtually all cats with pancreatitis lose their appetites. Nearly 50% of cats with a condition called fatty liver that's hepatic lipidosis also have pancreatitis. What are some of the causes? There are an array of different potential causes. We see it more commonly in overweight dogs, in specific breeds such as schnauzers, miniature poodles, cocker spaniels, and Siamese cats. The condition can happen quickly and be very severe, known as acute pancreatitis, or be an ongoing problem with mild flare known as chronic pancreatitis. In dogs, this often happens after the consumption of a high-fat meal, you know, such as your dog getting into bacon. The pancreas gets overworked in the production of the enzymes to digest all the fat and it becomes inflamed. Some medical conditions can predispose dogs to pancreatitis, hypothyroidism, and diabetes mellitus. Certain drugs can trigger the disease, the sulfa antibiotics, the chemotherapy drug azathioprine, a drug to treat epilepsy, that's potassium bromide, and the diuretic furosemide. In cats, it's been associated with inflammatory bowel disease and exposure to flea medications, the organophosphates, and some of those other previous mentioned medications. The diagnosis of pancreatitis is based on clinical signs along with blood tests assessing pancreatic function. Now there are newer tests that are specific for the pancreas. They're known as PLI tests. PLI stands for pancreatic lipase immunoreactivity, and as mentioned, lipase is one of the pancreatic digestive enzymes that jumps when there is pancreatitis, and this would be much more specific to test for the lipase being produced from the pancreas. More recently, there's a brand new test called the Specific Canine Pancreatic Lipase Test, and it's become the test of choice. It's a newer generation immunological test for canine pancreatic lipase and can be run overnight by a reference lab. It's able to detect 85% of pancreatitis cases and exclude other possible diseases in 98% of the cases.
When we're looking at trying to diagnose pancreatitis in cats, it's much more difficult. Amylase, lipase, typically they're not even often elevated in these cats. You've got a cat that's lethargic, a decreased appetite. You can do the PLI test and it may be elevated but it's obviously not 100%. The newest test is called FPL or feline pancreatic lipase. Unfortunately, there's only one lab in the US able to run this, but it's much more specific, but it takes about 48 hours to get results. What do you do if you suspect your dog or cat has pancreatitis? First, see your veterinarian, especially a dog that's acutely vomiting. Pancreatitis can be life-threatening. Your veterinarian, they're gonna do these blood tests, ultimately determine what's going on. Severely affected pets need to be hospitalized and placed on IV fluids. Some of the chronically affected dogs and cats may respond to some of the home remedies. Learn how to give subcutaneous fluids or sub-Q fluids. The mainstay of treatment for pancreatitis is not giving your pet anything orally that inflames a pancreas and allowing it to heal. This is more specific to dogs. In practice, I often sent clients home with directions on administering subcutaneous fluids. This involves an IV fluid pack along with an 18 to 20 gauge needle. You're giving 100 cc's of fluid per 10 pounds of body weight twice daily. Your veterinarian can give you specific instructions. And I also show you the specifics of how to give sub-Q fluids on my YouTube channel. So if we're dealing with a dog that has acute pancreatitis, the other big thing is a 24 hour fast. And this is the mainstay of treatment. The pancreas produces digestive enzymes in response to food entering the stomach. So you're gonna stop all food intake for 24 hours. Then you're gonna start by feeding a very bland cooked rice diet for the next 24 hours, not introducing regular food until day three. And this is specific for dogs. For cats, we don't want to fast them at all. The one of the mainstays of treatment is feeding a really simple bland diet to your dog. The big, a simple one that I often suggested in practice involved chicken, rice, a bit of krill oil. So you're doing about 50% protein, 50% of a simple carbohydrate. Um, you'd be adding in supplemental krill oil. Your dog would be getting that over seven to 14 day period while their pancreas slowly resolves and heals. For cats, it's slightly different. For cats, we're then looking at feeding them a very much high protein, moderate fat diet. In cats, it's not as much the fat that causes the issue of pancreatitis, more so we think in cats that there's underlying inflammation. Inflammatory cells, or it might be concurrent inflammatory bowel disease, that then attacks the pancreas, causes pancreatic inflammation, and that's why they feel sick. So it's not from digesting or breaking down the fat. Your cat does a great job of metabolizing fat. The issue is when we're feeding them far too many carbohydrates, i.e., you know, there's cat kibble, that what puts all the work in the pancreas. We're minimizing kibble, we're feeding them a high protein, moderate fat, easy to digest diet. What else can you do to help prevent pancreatitis in the first place? First, these are specific supplements that can be given to dogs and for cats. Number one, digestive enzymes. Giving digestive enzymes may be one of the easiest ways to help treat and potentially prevent pancreatitis, specifically in, in dogs. Studies have shown that for certain pancreatic enzyme supplements, they can make a huge difference in the recurrence of pancreatitis. Some of the enzyme supplements for dogs that have been studied include Festal, Panteric Granules, Cotazyme, and Converzyme. Supplements with pancreatin may help with ensuring that a dog's pancreas doesn't get overloaded. There is some evidence showing that pancreatin may work best in dogs with pancreatitis. As the research shows, pancreatic enzyme supplements for dogs are highly individualistic. In other words, your dog may not respond to one, but may respond to another one. So you're gonna start using these in conjunction with your veterinarian. But in general, you're giving the supplements amylase, lipase, protease, and if you're looking at supplements that would be given for a human dose, you're gonna sort of portion that down based on your dog's body weight. 
Number two, the omega-3 supplements. Fish oil, krill oil supplements may also help dogs with acute pancreatitis. Research has shown that fish oil, krill oil given to dogs can help with lowering blood lipids and as well as decreasing pancreatic inflammation. You want to choose dog food with additional enzymes and a healthy balance of the omega-3 and omega-6s is a great option, but adding in additional krill oil, for instance, may increase the chance of a faster recovery or even preventing pancreatitis occurring in your dog in the first place. And it's also very safe to give the omega-3 supplements, i.e. the krill oil, to your cat because the big issue here is that we're decreasing inflammation because what we know is that in cats, the primary source of pancreatitis is inflammation. You can decrease inflammation with krill oil. Studies are now suggesting that antioxidants for our dogs and cats may assist with pancreatitis. We're going to decrease free radical damage. Some of these antioxidants include vitamin E, vitamin A, astaxanthin, coenzyme Q, these are all ones which decrease free radical damage because we know when there's an underlying inflammatory basis where it attacks the pancreatic cells, you get pancreatic cell death. That releases free radicals, cause more localized cell death. We want to decrease the amount of cells dying, the effects of the inflammation. That is what antioxidants do. So vitamin A, vitamin E, astaxanthin. There's another vitamin called vitamin B12 and there's a growing body of research showing the positive effects of vitamin B12 preventing recurring pancreatitis and helping dogs recover from pancreatitis. Lastly, the probiotics, those good bacteria, both for your dogs and for your cats. Once again, we know that there's a clear link between the gut microbiotica, so the bacteria in your dog's stomach and intestinal tract, the bacteria in your cat's stomach and intestinal tract, and the level of general body inflammation and specifically inflammation that can happen at the pancreas. If we get the right amount and more proper good positive bacteria, such as lactobacillus, such as bifidobacterium, potentially can play a big role in decreasing inflammation, decreasing the recurrence of pancreatitis. So once again, I suggest a really good quality probiotic supplement, one that includes lactobacillus, uh, bifidobacterium at levels of 100 million CFUs per 10 pounds of body weight daily. The second part of the podcast, a flea collar that protects pets from fleas and ticks has been blamed for killing thousands of dogs. The Seresto Flea and Tick Collar made by Bayer is designed to protect both dogs and cats from fleas and ticks by releasing pesticide onto the animal for months at a time. However, the product is now being tied to almost 1,700 animal deaths in the U.S. according to recently exposed EPA documents. The findings also reveal tens of thousands of Seresto-related incidents of animal injuries and human illness. And despite the overwhelming number of complaints, the EPA has never released a warning about the product. In total, over 75,000 reported adverse events and over 1,000 people have been reported ill from these collars. The antiparasitic collar, which has been on the market since 2012, claims to provide its aware with eight months of protection against the pests. By offering a long-term solution to this common issue, it aims to eliminate regular flea treatments. The EPA report revealed a long list of disturbing cases, one of which involved a New Jersey dog owner by the name of Rhonda Ballwell. After just one day of wearing this restive collar, her Papillon service dog suffered a seizure and was pronounced dead at the veterinary hospital. In response to the criticism, the EPA released the following statement. Under the Biden-Harris administration, EPA has returned to its core mission, which includes protecting our pets' health. We take every incident reported seriously and review the data to see whether action is necessary. 
however, did not acknowledge its failure to issue a warning about the Seresto collar. The EPA encourages pet owners to read the entire label before using the pesticide product and follow all direction carefully, including monitoring your pet after application to see if side effects occur. If side effects develop, the label tells the consumers to consult the pet's veterinarian immediately. Bayer, the pharmaceutical company that developed Seresto before selling it to Atlantico Animal Health, has denied accusations that their flea collar has fatal side effects. Alanco takes the safety and efficacy of our products, including Strasto, very seriously and thoroughly investigates potential concerns related to their use, a Bayer spokesperson said. They say that there is no established link between death and exposure to the active ingredients contained in Sorestro. They say that the significant majority of these incidents relate to non-serious effects such as application site disorders, reddening of the skin, or hair loss below the collar. The company added that the collar was deemed safe for pets by more than 80 regulatory authorities around the world during its product development stage and that the safety and efficacy of Seresto are continuously monitored by both internal and external regulatory bodies. Hmm, doesn't seem to be that way. So what do I think? If you have one of these collars, just stop using them and start consider some of the holistic alternatives, you know, such as the natural flea shampoos, even the ones that are pyrethrin based are so much safer. Acetarod oil-based flea sprays, very effective, safe. Diatomaceous earth, both for in the cracks and crevices in your house, as well as on your pad. And now coconut oil, it's proven to be very effective repellent, safe for your dogs and cats, they can lick it, you can apply as often as you want, and it's safe for them, it's never gonna harm them. If you have a serious outbreak, consider a topical short-term insecticide such as Advantage or Revolution. They're safer options. But that being said, if you can, avoid these conventional drugs. The last part of today's podcast, a do-it-yourself dog deodorizer. Reducing pet odors naturally and without using harsh chemicals, this homemade cleanser is safe, non-toxic, and made from a few household ingredients. Fractionated coconut oil, glycerin, and a few drops of essential oil. There are an array of different dog deodorizing sprays, different things that are marketed conventionally, but in general, they, they are not safe, potentially toxic, and you can get a great result by using something natural. So just skip some of these artificial scents. This spray is made with just a few natural ingredients, glycerin, fractionated coconut oil, and essential oil. Glycerin is used in lotions and conditioners to help soothe irritated skin. For your pet, glycerin adds moisture to your dog's fur and acts as a leave-in conditioner. Fractionated coconut oil adds shine and even more conditioning to your pet's coat, leaving it silky smooth between baths. It's an ideal carrier oil for essential oils, the third ingredient. As an all-natural emollient, it increases distribution so the essential oils are diluted yet retain their effectiveness. Adding essential oils to this blend deodorizes your pet naturally. There are many different essential oils to choose from, but in this deodorizer, there's a couple that have been selected. One lavender for its calming properties and sweet orange for its cleansing and purifying properties. So this is what you need. You need a spray bottle, distilled water, glycerin, fractionated coconut oil, lavender essential oil, and sweet orange essential oil. Step one, fill an empty spray bottle with two cups of distilled water. Step two, add two tablespoons of glycerin, one tablespoon of fractionated coconut oil, 15 drops of lavender, and 15 drops of orange essential oil to the spray bottle. Shake well to combine the ingredients. These really are great ingredients used as a topical skin spray. The glycerin, it's a natural product, 
typically made from soybean or coconut oil. It's odorless and has a mild sweet taste, a syrup-like consistency. It's a natural humectant, meaning it keeps moisture in the skin, which is often needed for skin infections that are producing odor. The coconut is antibacterial, anti-yeast, and decreases skin inflammation. The essential oils are gonna help with the yeast and bacteria and give a much needed sweet smell. Well, thanks again, you guys, for listening to this edition of the Veterinary Secrets Podcast. That was episode 120. Questions or comments, feel free, one, to post a comment on the blog at theinternetpetvet.com or two, send me an email at podcast at veterinarysecrets.com. Once again, thanks for listening. I'll be talking to you guys next week. It's Dr. Jones.